This is the World in Brief from The Economist. Our top stories. Russia's Gazprom will restart gas supplies to Europe via the Nord Stream 1 pipeline on schedule on Thursday, but at a reduced capacity, according to a report by Reuters. The pipeline closed last week for maintenance, but the European Commission said earlier it did not expect it to reopen on time. Some suspect Russia is manipulating gas flows as a political tool in retaliation for EU sanctions. A Delaware judge set an October start date in the trial between Elon Musk and Twitter, rejecting Mr. Musk's bid to hold it next year. A long delay in the uncertainty around the deal harms Twitter, quote, every hour of every day, argued its lawyers. The social media firm sued Mr. Musk after he sought to abandon his agreement to buy it for $44 billion. China's government warned it would take, quote, forceful measures if Nancy Pelosi, Speaker of America's House of Representatives, visits Taiwan. The Financial Times reported that Ms. Pelosi plans to visit the island, which China claims, next month. Ms. Pelosi would be the most senior American lawmaker to visit Taiwan since Newt Gingrich traveled to the island as Speaker in 1997. China reported almost 700 new cases of COVID-19 on Monday, its highest tally in nearly two months. Most cases were recorded in the southern region of Guangxi and the northwestern province of Gansu. Lockdowns have been imposed in both places. In Shanghai, the financial capital, officials launched a campaign to test around 20 million people to prevent another lockdown. France's government offered nearly 10 billion euro to nationalize the struggling nuclear energy operator EDF. The government already owns 84% of the company, but will make an offer of 12 euros per share to minority shareholders to take full control. The offer is a 53% premium on EDF's closing price before the nationalization plan was announced in early July. Shares in the company rose by nearly 15% in early trading on the news. The London listing of Arm, a British chip designer, was delayed amid Britain's political instability, according to the Financial Times. SoftBank, the company's Japanese owner, had been lobbied by British politicians to list Arm, one of Britain's few tech success stories, in London. Though SoftBank had considered a dual listing in London and New York, the resignation of Boris Johnson, Britain's prime minister, reportedly prompted a change of plan. Swedish-born pop artist Klaus Oldenburg, known for turning everyday objects into monumental sculptures, died in Manhattan. The 93-year-old artist's subjects included a baseball bat, an apple core, and a clothes peg. In 2009, his sculpture, Typewriter Eraser, sold for $2.2 million at auction in New York. And fact of the day, 45%. The decline of the Sri Lankan rupee against the dollar since March. And now, here's a deeper look at the day ahead. Draghi's decision day. Italy's prime minister faces parliament on Wednesday, seeking votes of confidence for his tottering government from both chambers. Mario Draghi tried to resign last week after the Five Star Movement, M5S, the second biggest party in his coalition, failed to back him in a previous confidence vote. 
but Italy's president, Sergio Mattarella, refused the resignation and told him to test his support in parliament instead. Mr. Draghi is a reassuringly experienced leader amid the economic and military crises engulfing Europe. His supporters hope to see him lead a new government without the anti-establishment M5S. But Mr. Draghi has so far refused to head a cabinet that excludes the party, saying that without it, quote, the pact of trust underpinning his broad coalition is gone. Meanwhile, right-wing parties in his coalition may try to force a snap election and join the far-right Brothers of Italy, currently in opposition, in an electoral alliance. Polls suggest that would be a winning combination, but an election would cause delay and uncertainty that could rattle the markets and the euro. Sri Lanka's Dispiriting Presidential Vote It has been yet another turbulent week in Sri Lanka. On July 13th, Gotabaya Rajapaksa, the country's president, furtively bolted to the Maldives, dispatching his resignation from Singapore the following day. On Wednesday, the Sri Lankan parliament will vote to elect Mr. Rajapaksa's replacement. But none of the three presidential candidates is especially inspiring. Ronald Wickremesinghe, a six-time prime minister and current acting president, is seen as an ally of Mr. Rajapaksa. His house was burnt down amid the violent protests that triggered the president's flight. Dalasala Hapiruma served in Mr. Rajapaksa's government until recently. And Anurakumara Disanaik heads a Marxist party whose economic stance remains unclear. The poor quality of candidates will hurt Sri Lanka. Mr. Rajapaksa left a country in turmoil. His economic mismanagement has left people desperately short of fuel, food, and medicines. With virtually no foreign currency reserves and negotiations over an urgent IMF bailout not yet concluded, Sri Lanka is crying out for decent leadership. Britain's wannabe leaders face up to inflation. On Wednesday, the three candidates to lead Britain's Conservative Party will be whittled down to a final two. Party members will then choose Boris Johnson's successor as Tory leader and prime minister. But, as inflation figures also released on Wednesday will show, Britain's next leader will inherit extraordinary challenges. Forecasters expect that prices will have risen by an annual rate of 9.3% in June, up from 9.1% in May. The candidates have plans to help stretched wallets. Liz Truss, the foreign secretary, wants closer scrutiny of the Bank of England, as well as tax cuts. Penny Mordaunt also favors lowering the tax bill. But Rishi Sunak, the former chancellor, would cut taxes only once inflation has fallen. He likens his rival's plans to a, quote, fairy tale. There may be grounds to help the neediest, but tax cuts are probably not the answer. If the higher consumer spending that would result pushes up inflation further, the Bank of England will tighten monetary policy, pinching borrowers. Taxes may be unpopular, but when fighting inflation, there are few happy endings. Tesla's Bump in the Road In recent years, Elon Musk's pioneering electric car maker, Tesla, has been the darling of the industry. Results in April showed the electric vehicle maker's revenue grew some 81% year-on-year to around $18.8 billion. But Tesla's latest numbers, due on Wednesday, will be less cheery. The company delivered just 254,000 cars in the second quarter of 2022, 
well below the 310,000 shipped in the first. The dip is largely the result of COVID-19 lockdowns in Shanghai. These forced the temporary closure of Tesla's factory in the city, typically its most productive. But the firm has other problems, too. It may have lost $360 million on a $1.5 billion investment in Bitcoin, which has crashed. And sales from competitors such as BYD, a Chinese firm, are quickly growing. Yet, instead of focusing on cars, Mr. Musk is distracted by legal battles over his rescinded bid to buy Twitter. For Tesla, the ride ahead does not look smooth. The Hidden Joys of Mario Paint It was not like most video games. There are no quests, storylines, or villains to be defeated. When it was released for Nintendo's Super Entertainment System in July 1992, Mario Paint challenged gamers to design rather than destroy, and it succeeded in turning the making of digital art into a joyous experience. What the game lacked in sophistication, players could paint with just 15 colors, it made up for with charm. Each stroke of a brush was accompanied by a bouncy sound effect. The cursor rotated through the colors of the rainbow. And, importantly, the game had the capacity to create animations and compose music. When digital animation became commonplace on the internet, some web series pioneers cited Mario Paint as their inspiration. Thirty years later, some people are still loyal. Websites offer recreations of the game's composer mode, and several limitation programs are available. The appeal is, perhaps, its whimsy. Modern digital art software is professional, clean, and utilitarian. Mario Paint made drawing on a computer fun instead. Daily Quiz Our baristas will serve you a new question each day this week. On Friday, your challenge is to give us all five answers and, as important, tell us the connecting theme. Email your responses and include mention of your home city and country by 1700 BST on Friday to quizespresso at economist.com. We'll pick randomly from those with the right answers and crown one winner per continent on Saturday. Wednesday, which scientist won the Nobel Peace Prize as well as a Nobel for chemistry? Tuesday, which heiress was kidnapped by the Symbionese Liberation Army? in 1974. Finally, here's the quote of the day from Bruce Lee, who died on this day in 1973. Use only that which works and take it from any place you can find it. That's The World in Brief from The Economist, available three times every day of the week. You can also hear interviews and analysis from our journalists, including our current affairs podcast, The Intelligence, on your podcast app. And subscribers to The Economist have access to each week's full edition in audio. Just download The Economist app to start listening. <laughs>